It's not breakfast. It's not lunch. It's, it's brunch. brunch. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Emotional Brunch. We're so excited to be back. It's been a struggle, I think, through this past nine months during the pandemic, but we're pushing along through, and we hope you are too. I feel like today's subject is quite timely for what we've been experiencing. And uh, before we go into the subject, I just wanted to uh, introduce our special guest, Baron Akchi. She is an experienced research and ethics coordinator, and her, one of her drives is a passion for learning. She is most proud of her master's degree in psychology. Uh, some of her goals include completing an epidemiology degree and conducting research in the field of oncology. So glad that we have a very smart cookie with us here today. <laughs> I can't even pronounce. Sorry, I should And so in addition to this, um, well, I had asked, one of the questions we ask is something that they're most um, uh, proud of. And I mean, uh, in, in terms of um, what, she, what they're being uh, recognized for. And so I think uh, Baron should be recognized as an avid food taste tester. She's very enthusiastic about her um, culinary experiences, being, you know, an evaluator of good quality uh, culinary treats. And so it's uh, very timely that she says that her favorite brunch food is all of it. So thank you very much for participating in our recording today. We're really happy to have you here, Baron. Thanks for having me. Thank you for Yay. the love introduction. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay, so maybe we'll talk first about one of the articles that we were reading to prepare for this um, podcast. And I'm sure all three of us have read it thoroughly and memorized it um, in oh, yeah. detail. Um, so this article is called Four Ways to Navigate Loneliness During COVID and Beyond, and it's by Pamela Wilsey. Um, and it basically just gives you um, a few tips in terms of how to help yourself during a pandemic. Um, so I figured maybe um, rather than just focusing on the article, we could also just start with defining loneliness and what it means to us and why this is such an important topic. Um, so maybe I'll start that to me as someone who, who does have a live-in partner. Um, I find loneliness a really challenging subject to talk about because the idea is that if you're with someone constantly, you should never be lonely. Um, but to me, I find that a huge component of my life before COVID was interacting with my friends and going for activities, you know, not just talking to one person um, 24-7, <laughs> as much as I love them. Um, and I think the challenge to someone who is extroverted is that you just don't get the same satisfaction in talking to people online. You're not getting that constant energy. It's not even so much about touching. Um, mm -hmm. That's never really been one of my love languages, but it's actually being able to, you know, just call up your friend after hours, like Baron, for example, and be like, hey, do you want to grab dinner, catch mm -hmm. up about our day and actually physically eating dinner rather than just, you know, FaceTiming? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think those are good points. Baron, did you want to? Um, yeah, sure. So in terms of a definition of loneliness, um, I think, you know, it's 
I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think that the loneliness, the experience, the experience of loneliness for me has been different during, during the pandemic versus pre-pandemic. But I think as a definition, it mean, it's, it's a subjective experience, first of all, of um, the person not really belonging. You know, this feeling that you get when you don't feel like you belong to the society in general. Um, and there's the very different types of it. You know, there's the type of, you know, you feeling alone because you don't have any, you know, interactions with anyone. Like, you know, kind of the loneliness that we experienced perhaps during the pandemic. Like, you and the have physical the- loneliness. Exactly, the physical. Um, but then there's also the perceived um, loneliness that you might experience, uh, which is, has been more of my experience pre-COVID. Um, mm-hmm. But a, in terms of, to quantify my experiences during the COVID of loneliness, yeah, I would say the first is the obvious one. You're isolated. Um, it's the loneliness that mm-hmm. you feel as a, as a you know, result of lack of interactions, you know, as the, the feelings that you get when you miss your family and friends. Uh, that you're, you know, you don't know when you're going to see them next. Um, and the second one that I have been feeling would be this perceived uh, loneliness that I, you know, as an anxious person who likes to live in the future, likes to, you know, um, <laughs> to think that, so this perceived experience of how alone I'm going to be mm. if one or both of my parents were to get COVID and pass away from it. So it's also that sort of perceived loneliness that yeah. um, I experienced. Yeah. So those are the two I identified for pandemic loneliness. Right. Yeah. I think those are really like pertinent. I, I like the correlation or the, the differentiation between, you know, real and perceived. And I also think that it's really difficult to um, talk about loneliness without, you know, referencing like other connective uh, or connected emotions that happen, you know, fear, um, especially looking into the future. Um, I think for myself, it's more so been, well, it's been a combination of what you both have said. I think for myself as a, you know, uh, introverted extrovert. So I I feel like most people think I'm super on it and I'm comfortable, you know, speaking in front of large crowds, but in terms of what I get energy from, I think I'm equal in terms of having my alone time. And this is kind of like specific to pandemic. I've kind of flipped, like, or not flipped. I think my extrovertedness has totally gone away in a sense where, you know, um, I, I used to feed off of spontaneity and being able to just like make a plan, you know, in the moment um, or, or the thing that, you know, anchored me into making plans for the future, talking about that whole perceived, you know, what's to come, was knowing that, you know, I've, oh, all my friends are free, you know, they're close, there's this proximity, or, you know, like all the things that we would benefit from, and then now it's like, well, wait, we got to plan this social distance walk, how is somebody feeling, maybe their headspace isn't 100% in it, and so you're trying to, reach out and and the whole purpose or meaning towards like connecting you know ends up being a barrier and then on top of that you're still not really getting that connection that you know came so easily I guess is what I'm trying to say um so for me it's it's been a a struggle to uh re 
I guess, reimagine and, and push myself to like really, you know, connect and get out there with whatever tools we have now and then try to get used to, um, you know, the, the um, like, that's what I have. So I got to make the most of it kind of thing. I hope that made sense. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. does. I, I think it's also the fact that I find a lot of people and actually the, the article touches on it about being present. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are thinking, well, this is just temporary. So maybe like I should isolate myself or I found what other people are doing, um, you know, without naming any names is that they're really throwing themselves into social activities. Like they're socializing with, with too many people in a sense, like outside of just socially distancing um, sharply compared to their pre-pandemic involvement. Um, mm -hmm. because they're, they keep thinking like, this is just a glitch. It's like a glitch in the matrix and yeah. tomorrow we're going to wake up and we're going to go back to normal. Whereas, um, I think like when the pandemic was just starting and you know me, I'm like, you know, negatively foreshadowing like everything um, yeah. with surprising accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Miss Cleo. <laughs> and the Russian Miss Cleo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I found that like I read this article which talked about like if you want to maintain your mental health sanity during like long periods of isolation or long changes to your routine is don't think that it's going to end in two months like mm -hmm. think about worst case scenario and I told this to to Alec when we started I said think about this is going on for a year mm -hmm. and if it does somehow magically change in six months is going to be a nice surprise. Whereas I think like a lot of people, um, and that's what I think we're seeing with the second lockdown is why they're so struggling is because people were thinking, okay, I just have to get through to the summer and yeah. the summer we eased up. So I think now people are like, but there's nothing to look forward to. Like, yeah, the vaccine is here, but we're not going to get vaccinated. Like us as the general population, we're not, they're saying we're not going to get vaccinated until summer or fall 2021, mm -hmm. maybe. Um, and let's be honest, like knowing how the government works and how bureaucratic it is, it's probably not going to be until like winter or maybe even 2022. Who knows? Um, I'd like to keep faith. But yeah, I think it's the being present and figuring out like whatever this is, this is going on. So you need to figure out like your best way mm -hmm. to get through it rather than thinking of like, well, I'm just going to be in my house for like three weeks and then this is going to end and I'm going to be able to go and eat. And yeah. It's also... Um, it's also, it kind of comes through, it goes to show you that loneliness is a subjective experience. So everyone kind of takes their own, um, deals a bit in their own way. And I was kind of um, thinking about um, how I've been experiencing loneliness during the pandemic versus pre-pandemic. And interestingly enough, um, and this kind of surprised me, um, but I haven't been as burdened by my experience of loneliness during the pandemic uh, than versus pre-pandemic oh. and my experiences of loneliness pre-pandemic are quite different and I can get into that later but I think the reason is because I don't feel alone in my experience of loneliness during the pandemic right. because right. it's not like everybody else is coping so well with the uh, yeah. with, with the pandemic that they're all you know doing so well in their experience of loneliness it just it just feels like there's a quality of solidarity to the experience yeah. of loneliness during the pandemic so for me, it's been 
less burdensome. And that doesn't mean that I'm having like a wonderful time during the pandemic. I'm experiencing <laughs> other things like anxiety and depression and all that. And I still just experience casual. loneliness. Yeah. <laughs> I still experience loneliness. I just, because yeah. I, I find the, the thing about loneliness, and I've been looking into it obviously, but, but you know, what experts have been saying, I suppose that the point that I've taken is that it is subjective, but it's also, it's 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 also the feeling that you're alone in your experience of loneliness that mm. really had gives loneliness a pandemic quality right yeah. it, it is quite harmful um for individuals because of that reason and you think that you are the only one who feels that way mm. um yeah so but in in the during the pandemic covid my experience hasn't been that way so because everyone's experiencing it yeah yeah in some way or another i don't think that anybody anybody else is um having a great like an easier time with it than than me and I know that people are you know just as lonely as I am at least those who are isolating right Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I think um you know the intersectionality of those two things because understanding that not everyone has the same experience like there are some um of us who have families that they're managing so they might be in isolation but they have kids and their partner Um, There might be some who it's just two people, maybe roommates, or it's one, you know, one person by themselves. And so it's important to see that, you know, even with all those differences, of course, we're all trying to navigate this together in a sense. And there's this element of community and we feed off each other with all the, you know, um, different, you know, trends on, on social media, different things to do while at home and coming up with, you know, new and exciting things. Like I know in our group, there's the book club, there's, you know, I have, um, you know, my virtual choir, Elena has virtual um, uh, sketch and um, uh, improv. And so, you know, but however, I think there's also the other element of it in terms of you know, why we all say that, you know, it's draining to be online, it's draining to be, you know, constantly on your computer, especially for those who work. And that's a requirement, right? Where you're constantly on your computer all day, and you don't really have time to be off. Um, One of the things that I tried to do was to manage it and to manage the stress of it was to try to get back to some of my old school hobbies, like, you know, um, knitting I, I got back into my knitting um even like you know the adult coloring books and stuff um trying to find because i think that you know one of the things that elena has said a couple of times in our friendship that i really like is that nothing has to be like perfect and super happy or super positive and i think it's easy in this type of environment for us to maybe idealize or make make it seem as though pre-pandemic everything was like so much better that's very true and 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 instead of you know like it's it's it one of the things because we're talking about you know how to manage this is to get acquainted with um you know that the feelings of loneliness and to learn how to have some level of comfort with it obviously it's important to pay attention to things that you know, or triggering or might seem a bit unhealthy, you know, leading into any type of like harm or injury or something that you know in your gut is not okay um, in terms of, you know, negative headspace. But when one of the first things that helped me when I experienced, like when, you know, it was very clear that this was going to be 
on for a long time. I actually um, downloaded a meditation podcast and one of the recommendations was, you know, we're going to go through a lot of negative emotions and it's going to be over a long period of time. So why not get familiar with them and learn how to exist at the same time so that it's not something that you have to escape because it's going to be there. You can't run away from it because it, it can seem daunting, but then when you develop that ability to kind of have it there and get better at navigating, one of the things we were talking about is resiliency. And when we take the time to appreciate how adaptable we are, um, you know, focusing more so on, okay, well, this is my new normal. How do I, how do I make the best of it? I think trying to develop new skills, but also setting the bar a bit low is, is a good middle ground to reach. It's like, I don't have to put so much pressure to be happy and excited and whatever. And then that's a good thing that's kind of come out of some stuff at work and also just in our hangouts like there's no pressure to put like you'll see there's no lipstick on today there's no makeup I think I presented um earlier this week like for the first time in a long time I've been lucky that it was like the first you know I think two days where I was on zoom like all day um and I it's been very rare and I you know it's one of those things I appreciate that no one seems to have these like pre-existing, you know, pressures of you got, got to be on, you got to be all put together. And thankfully, like you're still able to be considered like professional, you know, the realities of our lives are starting to come in. And so, although I, I you know, I find that it's a bit adjacent to loneliness. I think for me, one of the things that was always isolating is feeling like, why do I always have to be on all the time? Why do I always have to put so much effort to look a certain part if I don't necessarily feel it. And I, I, I get a sense that now it's a part of our culture that you can just be kind of brutally honest. Like, Hey, how are you doing today? You know what? Not that great, but <laughs> let's push through. Let's, you know, kind of get through it. So I, I just thought, yeah. Well, if we're diving into the, like the, some of the coping mechanisms, I think the article mentions something about revalidating your relationships. Like, mm -hmm. are you having mm -hmm. a lot of superficial relationships? Because mm -hmm. this hasn't been my experience uh, in terms of um, experiencing loneliness during the pandemic, but it has been my experience to experience loneliness when I'm around other people, including my friends. Um, not because they're superficial or anything like that, just because that has been... Um, my experience, I have this, you know, perception sometimes that I get when I'm around other people um, mm -hmm. or in, in public in general, um, that I'm not as well adjusted as others. Mm -hmm. So it's like, um, yeah, so it's, and that makes you feel alone and you're, you feel alone in that experience of loneliness too, right? So, Absolutely. Um, yeah. so for those people who are having those types of, you know, um, feelings, I would say that maybe revalidating your friendships perhaps you're having you know a lot of superficial friendships again this doesn't apply to my friendships but um sometimes you do feel alone among others and mm -hmm. um, the pandemic could be a good time to kind of take your time and reevaluate your relationships with friends or with your partner or whomever right yeah i think i think that's true i think um like before pandemic you have friends or people that you just do activities with 
which is nice. Like, I, I think there's something to, valuable to an acquaintance that let's say you just go to the theater with, or you just get coffee with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find that like in a pandemic, I just don't have energy for mm-hmm. them because I'm trying so hard to be present for my actual friends. And like Baron said, you know, I never felt like I, I don't, I don't have those feelings. Um, so I can't speak to that, but it definitely like during the pandemic, there were moments where I felt alone, even with our friends. And I think it is because, um, the pandemic really makes you have like, despite everyone having the same experience, you also have a very unique experience. So, you Mm -hmm. know, because like Alec and I started isolating earlier and because we were still taking extreme precaution, even when things started loosening up, I -hmm. remember when you know, we've, we've talked about this. I've talked about this to both of you. Like when you started going to patios, it's like, mm-hmm. I love patios. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this sounds by the way, like the, the most privileged white thing, whitest thing I've ever <laughs> said. <laughs> but I do, I, I just enjoy going out and like sitting on a patio in a summer and, you know, yeah. having just like a drink and some food. How nice is that? Especially yeah. when you work hard the entire week, but like not being able to do that, or maybe deciding for myself that it just wasn't a safe thing for me to do and take that risk it made me feel really alone because I felt like everyone was going out and having these experience and like here I am I'm like a sucker (laughs) you know going for a walk like around um Mm -hmm. um, Forest Hill seeing that like 17th mansion (laughs) yeah when I think like again um trying to connect it because another element of the um article also says like learn what matters to you I feel like for many this has put life into perspective um especially those that are doing like their absolute best or have no option but to be in like severe isolation and then for those navigating with them like we're all thinking about things that we never really had to it changes your perspective because the like on everything, I think, for everyone, because there's always a political tone to our conversations, <laughs> like no matter what, we, there's this element of, you know, oh, I hung out with friends, but at a social distance, or, you know, um, or, or making observations about, you know, how certain, you know, um, like guidelines are being followed, or whatever, like it's all a part of our experience on a daily basis, and depending on everybody's vulnerability, the impact is going to be different. So I think it's like a balance. It's striving a balance in terms of evaluating your relationships, understanding what you need, because our needs might have changed. The way that we connect might change a bit, because whereas we might be able to get have like more banter or go back and forth on something, now we just kind of have to listen more. Because it's about, you know, just letting somebody share what they're they're saying so or what they're feeling so they have this space to be heard and their feelings acknowledged but it might not necessarily be like what it was when we're face to face and it's just a debate right and then you go home and it's like whatever now everybody really needs time to be heard and to feel like like processed to recognized and process things like so there's no answers we don't have like until this is over you know, it is just going to continue. And so we have to take it like one day at a time. And I also think that it, I think one of the things that wasn't here, but it could be, I mean, there's listening, being present, 
But I think another thing is like self-evaluation. Like I had to check in a couple of times, especially when I noticed that, you know, my work-life balance wasn't okay. And it took me a really long time to realize that I was not um, coping well with working from home, even though I really liked, like I love the idea of working from home. But I noticed that over time, my body was telling me like, hey girl, like you need to reach a balance here and this is not healthy. And- um, Your body says, hey girl. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> you know, burnout could also cause feelings of loneliness too. I can imagine. Like if you're, you know, that burnt out and you're not, all you're doing is work. Yeah, not, like we're going to, we're going to be doing yeah. a whole uh, episode on it. Um, but I reached that point and it was, it was really tough to get out of. It's, it's tough to like in under normal circumstances. Um, and the fear is, you know, one of the biggest issues with burnout is that it, ends up manifesting physically, right? You get sick. Um, and so obviously that's like not ideal for this time, but I would imagine it's very prominent. Like there's a lot of pressure, especially with the transition to working from home for individuals to be doing more. Oh, you're home. Uh, for whatever reason, that means you should be more productive. That means you should be, you know, reachable, contactable all the time, produce, 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 because there's a fear that people aren't going to be as productive if they're not monitored or whatever. And that can lead to isolation because you're not, you're not getting, you're not recharging. You're not taking time for yourself. You're not taking time to connect in a way that's more like, well, you're also not, you're also not removing it. And sorry, just to take a minute to, to acknowledge that, you know, we are privileged and that we can do it. Like we're not essential. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, I just, just, I always want to take that minute because I always feel like someone out there would say, but you are very lucky, which I think we are. I think all three of us yeah. are lucky in the sense that we have, we are employed. Um, you know, we're working in an area that we prepared for and we are able to work from home. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think it's, Baron and I have talked about it quite a lot. It's the fact that there's no delineation between work and life. Yeah. Because work is in your life. So you don't have that like, as much as I hate commuting, I'm saying you don't have that. You don't have the commute home where you can just like tune out or as you know me, nap on the subway. Yeah. Um, Pop into shoppers for like a unnecessary yeah. purchase. Yeah, you, well, you buy like a lipstick. You also don't have the, you know, I think that there is also benefits. I'm starting to realize I'm not a, I'm not a person who likes small talk and chit chats on elevators but now i'm starting to realize the value of that just because it exposes you to people just to have like some sort of a conversation with someone right even if it's a superficial one yeah when you're working from home the number of people you see is limited and i live um i, I don't live downtown so i can't easily walk to to um eleanor my friends right so um and there are days when i go without talking to anyone mm -hmm. i talk to you know my friends over chats and stuff but there are days that I go without seeing anyone. So that can also, I'm starting to realize the value of just having the presence of others around you. Um, yeah, just the chit chat. Yeah. And to, yeah. And, and to get to, uh, to make a point about something that Elena mentioned earlier, um, you mentioned that you, you know, you had kind of a formal when you saw that your friends were going on patio. And I also had that formal feeling whenever I scroll through social media, like Instagram and oh, saw 
especially people from my home country, socializing, not really following COVID rules and going to the beaches and going to cafes, concerts, restaurants, you know, no masks, nothing. But um, it does make you feel a bit more lonely to see that, that other people are, you know, just living their lives as usual, right? So I don't enjoy, I think limiting social media is probably um, a good strategy to cope with loneliness um, during the pandemic. I agree. And I, I feel like there's probably so many things out there to try to, you know, suggest strategies. But I think, you know, when you have that moment, because it's like, it's unavoidable, right? We're so connected, you know, it's one of those um, catch 22s, you know, you use it to, to disengage and kind of, it's like mindless. And then all of a sudden, you start feeling crappy about it. And then what do you do? And I think uh, one of the things I was, um, reading uh, one of the books on burnout they were talking about well a couple of books there's a Brene Brown and Brene Brown is actually um, I think she's referenced in this article as well um, in talking about you know um, she's talking about vulnerability the gifts of imperfection and one of the things is to reach out to someone Um, she kind of goes through like a I think it's like this vowel acronym Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them is like, have you done someone else for, have you done something for someone else today? Have you reached out to someone in a meaningful way? And so there's so many things that like, where we have connections on social media. And so, you know, one of, I mean, I really enjoy sometimes where I just, you know, unf- unfollow something for a while, or if I just say like disinterested, but also to change that narrative because nothing is ever finite and nothing that we see as we know is like a hundred percent real, right? It doesn't, A, it shouldn't ever mean that it's a reflection or an impact on us. Like we're, we're looking at something outside of ourselves and people can have different varying levels of success or really awesome success at the same time without it meaning, you know, something negative about you or the other person. Um, but I, I do think that sometimes it's hard when you think even on the other's hand not necessarily when people are doing you know not following guidelines or whatever or when it appears as though they're like pandemicking like the right way they just got it all figured out and they're all like totally on it um i think it's important that we take the time to you know consider what's more valuable should i sit here with these feelings or if i do something for someone or if i remember that i'm good at helping like however i can Um, you know, I find that I get a really good feeling about that no matter what. And if I'm focused on a way that I can reach out, even if it's just like, oh, I haven't spoken to like, you know, one of those acquaintances in a while, just to keep like, again, keeping the bar low and just be, hey, how are you? How have you been doing? And then not worrying about when they're going to respond or, or giving yourself the pressure of it has to be like super deep and intense, but just throwing it out there in a good way and then moving on to something else I found was a strategy that helped for me in any case. And I didn't feel so in my feelings or lost um, because as my therapist tells me, you just do your own positive mantra. You know, I'm a- <laughs> important to, uh, It is important. Like you made a good point about, you know, keeping in touch with people um, in terms of, you know, reaching out to people. Um, I found for me, and if it works for you, that's, that's great. I found for me, uh, having a conversation with an acquaintance, like that's about something as simple as like, oh, hey, how are you, can also kind of uh, 
bum me out sometimes just because I, I'm looking for a more meaningful conversation. Like yeah. actually, you know, yeah. how are you feeling? We're having a deep, like a deeper conversation than just saying, hey, how are you? But I also like how you uh, mentioned the term vulnerability there because I think loneliness is a vulnerable state. And I think it, admitting that you are feeling, you know, having experiences of loneliness can be a vulnerable experience in itself mm-hmm. because, um, you know, loneliness is seen as, in our society, we, you know, we thrive on, you know, being social, you know, having um, lots of friends and all that stuff, right, on, on social media and whatnot. But, you know, it, it's, if you're saying you're lonely, you're kind of admitting to um, um, not, not, you know, conforming. Not, not kind of like not conforming to society, right? Mm-hmm. Or it can be like, you can perceive yourself as, oh, I'm, you know, admitting to being a loser, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. so it's, it's important to note that, you know, loneliness is a vulnerable state and it is, it is shared by many others. Yeah, and we all, I think you raise a good point. Like, it's always good to share. I think it's good to share, like, strategies and, and, and share, like, what we all, like, how we all react because you either get something from it or you learn something from someone, right? So, like, you know, when you notice something or someone reaches out and they've told you, like, yeah, sometimes I just reach out, say hi, like, I just need, like, that little burst of connection or you know, you recognize that, you know, sometimes it's important to reach out and, and do that extra step of let's have a meaningful conversation. Like let's, let's talk about what matters to us, like to each other. Let's, let's get rid of the, you know, surface level and let's, let's go deep. Or do it actually over the phone as opposed to just yeah. WhatsApp. Instead of, oh, yeah. 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 And people just talk to me over WhatsApp, for example, yeah. or, or just on Facebook chat and stuff. I think you should actually make an effort to have an either face-to-face conversation, go for a social distance walk if you can yeah. do that, or, or actually pick up the phone and, and call the person. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I found that um, like the, the things that helped me deal with stress and, and you know feeling lonely before the pandemic didn't help me anymore as much. So it's like also, I think, realizing that, like what may have worked before. So for example, like you know this, um, when I'm like really stressed or I feel like lonely for whatever reason, whatever that means in that moment, I tend to really um, immerse myself in like a billion activities Mm -hmm. and I'm now doing like a billion things. And I was just talking to Alec, hey, should I also take a stand-up class? (laughs) And he was like, are you insane? (laughs) Because I already am doing so much during the week that I think like what I've started experiencing um, is I haven't really been able to sleep because I think I'm like burdened by everything. And when I'm unable to sleep, I eat more sugar. And when I eat more sugar, I'm unable to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Like a vicious cycle. Um, Actually, maybe this would be a good time for us to to talk about our final question, which is um, what do you think you need? How, How can someone help you? like to, to help you with your loneliness or how can you even help yourself? Maybe it's not even someone. I'll take a stab at it. Cause yeah, sure. I mean, in pre- preparing. So um, for me, what I need is like consistent reality checks, like check-ins. I find that it's really easy for me to get into a bubble. And I notice that my coping mechanism it it just kind of got 
heightened. So whenever I'm stressed, I'm the opposite of Elena. I totally withdraw. I totally get, like, I isolate. And so when you're already in isolation and, like, as a result of the pandemic, and then you double down and do it even more, um, it's very, you know, intense, depressing, anxiety-inducing. And I think that, um, for me, routine is important. Although, like, you know, I... I, I think that I've developed a good routine in, in certain aspects of my life in order to function as an adult. I still struggle and, and I'm co constantly working on developing, you know, a routine in terms of balancing all the things like friends, family, work, you know, play, um, you know, hobbies, all those things. Um, I think for me, it was just trying to do a smaller scale of everything. And the moment I get you know, and anxious or feel lonely or feel isolated, that's the time that I need to reach out, but not necessarily, and that's what I meant by not necessarily putting the pressure of it, you know, solving my problems or having to be deep, but to just let someone know, like, hey, I'm going through this. And that's the thing where that connected with me with the vulnerability. It's a lot harder if you procrastinate, or it was harder for me because I procrastinated and reaching out and saying something. So it's hard to explain like, hey, I haven't been like around for, you know, a couple of months, really. Um, and this is why it's a lot easier if I just reach out and text and say, hey, it's like a tough time. And then it, you know, things try to start to get into a better routine when, you know, you reach out to someone, they come up with ideas, they have suggestions, they can help snap you out of it. Eleanor is really good and patient with that. And you as well, Baron, just in terms of yeah. checking in and oh, yeah, being for sure. kind and you know, um, just understanding. So that's what I have for me in terms of, um, like for, for my like, so you're asked the question is what I'm doing, right? Or what I'm doing what to need. need what you need, what, what you need to help, you know, like, um, I think for me, um, in terms of anxiety and loneliness and depression, all those feelings, um, I would say distraction works for me. So I, I think even like a quick walk means a lot, but in terms of, um, mm -hmm. yeah, like, or watching a video or something. And I also actually find myself um, being more productive in terms of filling my day um, on a schedule of things that I do, like whether it's reading, coloring, you mentioned Jess, um, mm -hmm. like I also like to be on a schedule and that, that helps yeah. me, you know, be more like be, be, be more productive and I you know, less anxious as a result. Mm -hmm. But in terms of, um, not feeling lonely, uh, you know, among others, for example, which is a type of place that I tend to feel. Um, I find like reaching out to people one at a time helps. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I have said this, I think, Elena, even to you, I might've said it like, I don't want to have large group hangouts these days. I'd rather mm -hmm. stick to one, one to two people and have more of an, you know, intimate gathering of people of like three people, four tops, um, of, you know, where we can have kind of like meaningful discussions and um, I'm not just a spectator watching everybody else talk because I yeah. tend to be a bit more introvert where, you know, and that, that's been kind of my experience with loneliness pre-pandemic. But I think during the pandemic, I haven't really been experiencing that as, as much. Um, and I think part of it is because I, I, you can only get to see a limited number of people. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that has been, I think that is kind of what I need. Um, from like in order to feel less lonely, um, 
more more of an intimate uh, interaction, I would say. Yeah, that makes and sense. perhaps uh, also more platforms where people can talk about loneliness. I don't know if because loneliness, you know, experts say, oh, loneliness is a pandemic. You know, people who are lonely tend to. There's all these stats, right? That we, mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys have read it too. Like, you know, loneliness can cause you know earlier death in in older adults and and whatnot, right? But I feel like it hasn't really been properly addressed by mental health uh, experts, I suppose, um, where people don't really have a platform that they can talk about loneliness. Um, maybe mm -hmm. I'm not aware of them, but that would be helpful, I think. No, I think you're right. I think it often gets dragged into other conditions. So it's like, oh, you're lonely because you're anxious or yeah. you're lonely because you're depressed <clears throat> or burnout. So yes, I, I agree. But I think that was the goal that we wanted to make today. Mm -hmm. Like we wanted to give a platform to just talk about loneliness as the main subject. Mm -hmm. um, I guess for me, <clears throat> sorry. Um, I guess for me, I would say, I think people always assume that I'm okay because on the surface, because like I'm extroverted, I seem stable. Like I always know what the next week is going to bring. Um, and because I always like surround myself with a billion activities. So I'm always busy. Um, I think what I, what I need is people to check in with me to say, are you doing okay? Mm -hmm. Because I find it very awkward to say that maybe I'm not because, you know, I like Alec and I've just moved to a bigger space. I'm working from home. Um, I've, I've seen my parents, like they've been able to drive to me and like, fine, I've seen them on a socially distanced walk and maybe not as, as often, but I've seen them. Um, you know, I have good friends. It's like, I just feel like I don't have the right sometimes to say that I am, I'm no. not doing okay. Yeah. It just seems like an imposter syndrome. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it just seems so insensitive when people are, um, are dying because they can't afford not to go work like a grocery shift job. You know, mm -hmm. it just makes me feel like I sit at home and I'm like, am I like, what am I complaining about when things are on the surface? Okay. But I think emotionally it's not because like no one is really okay right now. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think it's, it's always the key of um, you don't need to be happy right now. I feel like that's the dialogue that like, I want people to have where it's like, it's okay. You know, like what we've been talking about. I think mm -hmm. if you're feeling content, like once a month. Great. Kudos and to I think <laughs> one of the things that I think everybody can benefit from is, and I hope, sorry, Elena, hope you're finished. Um, <clears throat> is maybe instead of focusing so much on being happy, uh, uplifted, um, it's, it's practicing gratitude. It's okay to be grateful. It's okay. Like, when you recognize that you have a lot, like instead of that being a negative thing, like, oh, I'm so privileged, like we cannot escape it. Our society is built up. Like we know that there are, you know, systemic barriers that exist. And one of the things that can help us overcome as we've seen over this past year um, is acknowledging where you sit, you know, in the, in the hierarchy, in the, in, in, in society, acknowledging and appreciating what you have and then seeing what you can do with what you have to, to help others. Right. And however that works out, like there's no prescription, there's no rule book. Um, but putting action, however you can 
um, <clears throat> helps to mitigate that stuck feeling where you're like, well, you know, it's like one of those things where you have like feelings about feelings like, oh, I feel bad, you know, um, or I, you know, I'm feeling lonely, but oh crap, I shouldn't feel lonely. And then you're mad at yourself, you know, that can be a loop that can help that that can be isolating and lead to like more loneliness yeah. as well. And what we want to try to do is, you know, as much as we can do something with it, because you can't, there's this, you know, one of the book I was reading about in terms of burnout talked about how emotions work and our bodies need to release them. You need to have like a finish. It, it starts, there's a middle, there's an end. And I think, you know, a, a good thing that Baron raised was physical like activity, but there's also like a lot of the stuff we do is mental, our jobs, you know, uh, for, for anybody who's working online, who's, you know, there's, there's not that, I, I use the um, analogy of, you know, the difference between a construction worker and somebody who works, you know, let's say in research, uh, depending on what type, but the research is all ongoing, like it's just constantly going and maybe you might have times where you reach a conclusion to something, but it's consistent and with, whereas with a construction job, like you're, you're starting something, you're building something and you have that appreciation, almost like instant gratification. Like I got up, you know, I'm working on building whatever this building and you're seeing your progression, like this, the progression or the changes as it's happening. Um, and I, I think that, somebody, Oh, sorry. Oh, go, go uh, ahead. Yeah. I like that you, I like the couple of points that you guys raised, right? I like that you talked about gratitude, Jesse. Um, and then Elena mentioned something about how she needed to feel like, oh, that she needs people to check in, right? Mm -hmm. I also feel like, though, um, it shouldn't be just left at that. I feel like that you need to actually make concrete plans to achieve that. Yes. Like with a check-in, like I, I find it helpful for me if I have like a date that I know I'm going to call someone. And mm -hmm. I think that that can, you know, on Sundays, I talk to my friend mm -hmm. once and then on, you know, on Tuesdays, I usually talk to so-and-so. Um, and also taking advantage of certain periods. So for example, sometimes I'll be chatting with someone and I will say on WhatsApp, let's say, for whatever, whatever reason, randomly. Um, and then I will say, hey, do you want to have a phone call? And it, most of the time it works. I think per perhaps sometimes people are afraid to say, kind of like afraid to bother the person. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, so I think that you should just say, hey, I actually want to, you know, just pick up the phone and call, right? So. Yeah. Um, but I think scheduling is also important. I think it's more of a concrete step. And in terms of gratitude, you know, maybe write down stuff that you're grateful for. I know it's cheesy, yeah. but no, it, 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 is, it is more of a concrete, you know, solution or advice than just say, hey, we should be grateful, right? I'm, I'm yeah. glad that you raised the point, right? Mm -hmm. But in terms of like just... Yeah, that's true. that's true. Writing yeah. it down, sharing it with someone, saying it out loud. Like last night, you know, we're a really nice night. It was with my partner and his daughter. You know, we made a really nice dinner. Things were good. We just finished like ice cream and I just said it out loud. I was like, we're really lucky. We're really like, we're really, you know, privileged in this moment. We have a lot to be thankful for kind of thing. Like you don't have to wait yeah, for Thanksgiving. Exactly, exactly. And take advantage. Like if you're having some sort of a conversation with a friend, just say, hey, you want to have actually like an actual phone call? Yeah, no, it's absolutely. true. Yeah. Or do you want to meet up? Even right. If you can, right. Yeah. So I think um, we're getting, I think we've covered a lot of like excellent points. I think that there are different aspects of loneliness that we could go on and, 
and expand yeah. on. I really appreciate your insights, Baron. I think it's it's good to have someone with your expertise and, and background to be able to hash these things out and look yeah, at it from... It's yeah. an interesting topic and it's a loaded topic and yeah. uh, it can really be um, like a few episodes because there's so many types of it and it's so subjective and it's so pervasive too, right? So um, yeah. it's, I'm glad that we had this talk. Likewise. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, just because, just very quickly, because I know we're getting to the end, but um, we actually had our brunches a little bit before we recorded. Um, I did like a classic breakfast sandwich with a nice um, brunchy salad. And uh, Elena, I think, tell us a little bit about what you made. Oh, I made a very difficult recipe. Um, I, I got some yogurt out of mm -hmm. the fridge and then I put some cereal in it. <laughs> I combined two cereals together. Yeah. Um, I did use my, my, what is it called? Like, a, it's not a foamer. I'm definitely not calling it right, but it's the machine that makes like, turns milk into foam. What is it called? It's like an espresso. A steamer? Maybe. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Foam or whatever. I mean, we're yeah. not, yeah. Whatever. Not um, Alex Perrins gave it to me, so I made coffee nice. with that. And yeah. Looked very frothy. Well, we'll be sharing pictures. And I think, Baron, you made like a... I made a, like um, smoked salmon with soft cheese, uh, capers, and avocado. It looks so good. It looked great. Yeah. Delicious. It Wonderful. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Um, take care and know that you're not alone. We're all together and it's okay to feel lonely. And hopefully what we discussed at least makes you feel like you're part of the group because we all have experiences with loneliness um, in different ways. But as Baron said, we're all going through a version of this. So we're in it together. So until we next see you, take care. Bye. 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 Bye.